0: see yourself become glorious! No,
1: I won't give in, I won't give in till I'm victorious! And I will defend, I will defend! That's not true.
0: That's impossible!
1: Search for you who know it to be true. No! No! What are you doing? Getting a life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the One Up Culture Cast, your source of knowledge for levelling up in the world of popular culture. My name is Trent, and with me is my co host, Jared.
0: Hey, guys, so today Trent and I are going to be looking towards 2017 and all of the movies that are coming out. We'll be looking at what we're most excited for, what we're most hopeful for, and those low key movies that we're kind of interested in.
1: Yeah, not every single movie is coming out. Again, we're avoiding the Hungarian and Ethiopian classics. But just a couple of the ones that we sort of looked at and were like, yeah, this is going to be ones worth talking about. Now, just a heads up, this is the last one up Culture Cast for the year, um, obviously, because, you know, you just have to look at the date. Uh, we'll be taking a couple of weeks off heading into the new year, probably coming back even mid-January or early February, depending on how lazy we actually are. So I guess for the first topic, we're going to just jump straight into most excited for. Yeah yeah we've talked about sort of these ones a little bit uh, probably the top one of as size as excitement levels goes for both of us is Star Wars Episode Eight? Definitely. Um, we,
0: we've both agreed and put that one on each of our lists. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't look past it as far as things to be excited for. It's Star Wars.
1: Yeah, and both of us are massive Star Wars fans. We've grown up with the property and continue to consume it as much as possible. And after Force Awakens, and in my case, after Rogue One, uh, I think there's a lot to be excited for heading into this movie. We're, hope- we're both hoping that it maybe drays away a little bit from the a new hope uh, formula that we saw with force awakens and spreads its wings a little bit and changes up a bit.
0: Although that said, if they do stay with that formula and they keep just remaking the original trilogy, we're going to get a remake of empire strikes back. Yeah. So that, that could be okay. But I, yeah, I definitely want to see them take this in a new direction and kind of answer, start answering at least some of those questions. And I feel like this movie is going to be the one where they're going to explain Ray's parents because that's what happened in Empire Strikes Back. So if we are going to get some kind of uh, carryover on these ones, uh, I think that's that's going to be the case. It's going to be we're going to find out about Ray's parents or someone's lineage.
1: Yeah, some I, I, I think Ray is definitely going to step forward as the primary protagonist in this movie in Force Awakens, and part of this was the marketing as well. We didn't really know if it was going to be Ray or Finn. Um, and I think Finn will still be one of the main guys, but much in the same way with uh, Empire Strikes Back, where Luke split off with the rest of the crew. Um, Ray and Finn look like they're going to be separated for a bit of this movie, at least. Um, and Finn will get a bit of development, but I feel like this is going to be a lot more centric on Ray's story and building her up, divulging whether she's a Skywalker or a Palpatine or a Kenobi or a... so many options. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I, I want to see the answer to that question hmm. for sure. Because uh, you're very
1: much on the Palpatine uh, is Ray's father. Yeah, I'd love, way love uh, I love that.
0: I would really like to see uh, kind of that storyline of a Luke, of a sorry, of a Skywalker and a Palpatine. Kind of that the whole time it's been those being. Um, against each other, and it would be kind of nice in this one to be switched around mm. that the Palpatine is on the light, and that the the Skywalker, as it were, um, were on a were with the dark. Yeah, was the dark side. I think yeah, I think that'd be great. Um, but yeah, there are still so many options that could go in mm. in other ways, and um, we've also got Poe Dameron, mm. who I'm really interested to see what they do with him. I'm not sure if he's going to be the Han Solo kind of character in this, or if Finn is. Um, it definitely seems like Poe is more suited to that But uh, there are still some similarities with Finn and Han The, the sharpshooting and, and whatnot, But he's just not as cocky yeah. And I think Poe does have that you know, Poe is the best pilot and he knows it And um, he has a bit of fun with it you know, We see when he's doing some of his really cool tricks In, in the, the bat fight scene um, he's having a bit of fun with it, you know. He's like a kid, so um, and and we kind of have that same kind of woo hooing from uh, Han Solo through the the original trilogy. So I, I see more similarities to Han into in Poe.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Poe because I mean we don't know how. Intricate the planning was of the entire trilogy when Abrams was actually making a force awakens But we do know that Poe Dameron wasn't meant to survive really his first scene like he was meant to die with the tie fighter But because Jojo Abrams was quite a fan of Oscar Isaac and they sort of had a bit of conversation beforehand and he kind of wanted to make Poe Dameron a bit more keep him alive and now really kind of become an ensemble dark horse favorite from this force awakens series So I'll be interested to see just how in-depth Poe Dameron's story becomes Wherever he becomes, almost like the Chewie to uh, Han's Finn, in that case, um, and see you know how involved he ends up being. Because I like the character; I want to see a lot more of him. I want to find out a lot more about him. And now we know he's going to survive at least through to Episode Eight. Be interesting to see what they do with him.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it is interesting that we're this whole time we're kind of looking at who's the, the Han Solo of that film, the uh, Force Awakens. And on the surface, as much as Ray is the Luke. She's also the Han, because at the end of that film, she's the one who's piloting the Millennium Falcon with Chewie. Chewy. Yeah. Um, so I, I would be interested very, very much so to see if they change that. If uh, the, the Millennium Falcon ends up going to, um, to Poe, because, I mean, Finn can't fly. So it would make sense that it was going to someone like Poe. Um, and then maybe having Poe and, and Chewie and Finn kind of flying around I I would be alright with that as well but, but it would by be the
1: same token though I'm okay with them sort of changing up the Skywalker flies the X-Wing and Han Solo flies the Falcon kind of thing and letting Rey have all the fun toys. In that respect, Poe kind of has his X-Wing that he loves or whatever and Finn... Which is kind a of
0: personalised. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Finn's thing is that he can shoot well, yeah. which I like because he's always going to come from that Stormtrooper background and I think that does give him And he him defies
1: something. the Stormtrooper expectations of being unable to shoot. Yeah,
0: and, and it, it that is one thing that was massively different from Force Awakens mm. to Uh, A New Hope was, yeah, that that we got got this character that was a a stormtrooper that we're kind of rooting for. Um, There's even a fight between two stormtroopers that we are like, I loved. I thought that was a great, great... uh, Traitor! Yeah, we kind of, yeah, turning the whole stormtroopers can't shoot on their head thing with Finn. I I really like that dynamic and I I would definitely like to see them go in a different direction. As great as Empire Strikes Back was, please don't try and remake
1: that. Yeah, be Um, its own movie. And I I think now... uh, I I do believe the similarities between Force Awakens and New Hope was to win over the old fan base and sort of show we're going to be faithful to it and they were a little too monogamous with that particular franchise. Um, So moving into Empire, I do suspect... (laughs) Moving into Empire. Moving into Episode 8, I do expect (laughs) it to branch out a bit more. We'll get to see more of the Luke and Ray dynamic. We'll be curious to see uh, Leia moving forward now to Carrie Fisher. I mean, she had a heart attack. As of recording this, she had it a couple of days ago. Yeah. the obviously probably finished her filming I believe I'm not 100% sure on that but hopefully she recovers well obviously Star Wars is just a small facet but it would be a shame if they had to kind of write out General Leia because of the actress passing away uh, the they've the already
0: CGI'd connection. her this year they'll CGI her next year if they have to <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that could be quite interesting I, I would like to see her come back of mm. course um, not only because it would be great to see her but wishing her the best You know, mm. I don't want anything Bad to happen to her at all
1: Bloody 2016
0: Yeah, what a terrible year yeah. It Couldn't let us just finish It's just like No, also Gary Fisher Have a heart attack Oh, great Thanks yeah. um, I'm, This is one of the reasons I was, I'm more excited For this episode Than I was For our 2016 Review episode Because <laughs> I am more, I'm looking forward to this year more than I enjoyed looking back on last or, or the year that we're currently we're, still in. We're optimists, and I
1: think next year is better than this year.
0: Always so. And, and actually, that was something that we were, we were speaking of before. It's kind of interesting that when we did that looking back on 2016. Uh, the movies that we enjoyed, they differed a lot. I mean, there were a lot of ones that were the same, but um, for this year, a lot of it is very similar to twenty seventeen. Yeah, a lot of things that we do agree on, uh, like Star Wars, for example. Yeah. yeah, we were both pretty excited for, and then that seems to happen all the time. We're mm. we're excited for the same stuff, and then we enjoy different things. For sure.
1: Um, speaking of different movies, uh, yeah. do you want to tell us your second movie that you're most excited for? I guess for the year.
0: The the movie yeah. that I'm I'm most excited for, well. It's Guardians of the Galaxy number two. Yeah, now, volume two. It's volume two. Uh, it's not usually a, a sequel or something. I mean, obviously Star Wars gets, gets a little bit of a pass on that one because it's like the eighth sequel, so whatever. But um, I loved Guardians of the Galaxy. It was such a fun movie, and from the trailers we've seen, um, with little baby Groot kind of running off like, "I am Groot," no, running off make with so this. much
1: money off. Baby group, oh, so
0: much money. Uh, it, I'm, I'm gonna have so much fun in that movie, mm-hmm. uh, and despite the quality of the story. I feel, um, that I'm just gonna have a, a good time, a good ride along with that, that crew and all those characters that I did really enjoy in the first one. So, I'm, I'm really excited for that movie. Um, and that's kind of why it's gone in here and not in my, um, my most hopeful because yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not too hopeful that this is a great movie. I, I know I'm gonna enjoy it. Um, what are your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2?
1: Yeah, I, I was a big fan of the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's, it, I think it's still in my top three as far as Marvel movies go, yeah. behind Winter Soldier and probably Doctor Strange, but it's definitely in my top three. Uh, it was just absolute fun. It did kind of come out of nowhere, but from that first trailer that we saw, we kind of knew the tone it was going for and it executed that and then some. Uh, Volume 2, I think, is going to be very much along the same lines. The trailer doesn't have me laughing as much as I was maybe hoping, uh, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be a funny movie. It doesn't mean the parts in there weren't funny. Uh, the final scene with Drax, played by Dave yeah. Batista, that had me cracking up something shocking. Yeah. But it was more the uh, I think the over focus on that bomb thing. I, the joke was funny, but I think probably they focused a bit too much time on it in a teaser trailer for me to really get a full picture of what they were going for. But it's a teaser trailer, so they're yeah. not going to give us too much.
0: No, they are trying to just get us interested. Yeah,
1: and given how good the first one was and how solid all the actors and actresses were who played their roles, it's hard not to come into this movie with some level of like, yeah, this is going to be good. And as you said, even if it's not quite as good as the first, it's going to have to fall quite a ways for it to be a disappointing move. It's going to be action-packed going to be a space opera which both of these top two movies that we've listed so far are space operas
0: yeah um, and we as on this show one up culture very 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 big fans of the space opera yeah uh and in in any every facet that it comes in
1: <clears throat> whether um, the sky gets taken or not
0: yeah that, that was where i was going with that one buddy <laughs> that's where i was going with that one So
1: <laughs> i think we'll keep on the superhero theme here and i'm yeah. going to list mine i guess number two most excited movie of the year and that is uh wonder woman Yeah, now obviously I'm a DC fanboy. If you listen to the 2016 movie year review, you'll know that. Um, I'm really excited for this movie. The trailers look fantastic. And even though we should know by now not to base uh, movies on their trailers, (laughs) Suicide Squad. Um, I do think Wonder Woman is going to work really well because it's not relying on humour and kind of shock scenes like the Suicide Squad trailer did. What it's showing, I think, is going to fly naturally into a movie situation. We're seeing Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. She killed it. Uh, Chris Pine and Steve Trevor is a really good casting choice. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Yeah,
1: um, that kind of female character that keeps popping up, providing a bit of comic relief. She looks incredibly funny. Everything she's sort of shown in the trailers, double thumbs up for that. I love that it's going to be set in World War One. it's kind of got that, you know, older school feel to it and theme, and I think overall this is going to, be, going to be in contention for best superhero movie of the year. I think probably challenging with Spider-Man Homecoming in that respect, but because I'm a DC guy and I'm really excited to finally see a female superhero protagonist get her own movie, uh, ignoring Catwoman and Elektra because... Please, can we ignore them? Um, this is why Wonder Woman gets a little bit higher on the list for me.
0: I am really excited for this movie as well. And I am I think that this is going to be such a, a great step forward mm. for female superheroes. Because, I mean, there are plenty. Um, and Wonder Woman is just the main one. You know, she's, yeah. she's the real... Kind of role model for all female superheroes, and I think going forward, this movie needs to be a success, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm very hopeful that this is a successful movie. Uh, I I think that it will be though. Uh, Gal Gadot has already shown that she's she's a very strong woman, uh, powerful character in in the trailers. She she's wonder a woman. Wonder Woman in those uh, in the trailers, and uh, there was some some controversy that she didn't have the right look and which
1: uh, was utterly ridiculous I, I agree uh. it
0: was it was so ridiculous and and I think that uh, she does have the right look yeah. which was actually going to be my point yeah. that I completely disagree with that and I think that yeah she she looks perfect for this role What
1: pissed me off to no end and mini rant in coming here is when Gal gadot was announced as one woman uh, everyone was like no no she's too skinny she can't play the role uh, she has Iraqi military training. Like, she is one of the people playing these characters who could legitimately whoop your ass. Yeah. And then, therefore, everyone's going, Oh, Megan Gale would have been so much better. And then we got images of what Megan Gale was meant to look like in that Wonder Woman uh, Justice League movie that was planned uh, a while back. Yeah. And she is skinnier than Gal Godot in those photos. And everyone was creaming themselves over that. And it's like, Hip hypocrisy. Yeah. Come and on. I've been on the Galgadon hype train as one woman from day one. So I'm glad the public perception of that has turned around. But I was rolling my eyes so hard throughout these initial periods of people just writing her off for a whole number of things that just didn't make any sense.
0: It is worth knowing we are both DC fanboys, mm. but I honestly don't think that comes into this, uh, no. our bias on this film. I think, that, yeah, this, this is just... It, it's, it needs to be good, and I'm really hoping it is.
1: Yeah, I, I think the DC fanboyism here is the only... You could argue that it's why it's excited rather than hopeful Um, because we have a well I definitely have a bit more faith in DC doing justice to this movie than perhaps like a lot of MCU fans which is understandable because if you weren't a fan of Man of Steel BVS Suicide Squad why would you be hopeful for Wonder Woman but I've been a fan of all of those movies to varying degrees Uh, Suicide Squad at the lowest end of those Uh, but I do think Wonder Woman's going to work so we've done superheroes uh, in this second block yeah. and we're going to move to apes for the third block. So do you want to kick us off with your one? Wow, I hadn't
0: even noticed that. But uh, yeah, we, we are actually moving on to apes yeah. and um, mine is a really big one. Just one massive big ape. It's uh, King Kong Skull Island. Mm. Uh, and, and this one I'm I'm excited for because I didn't see it coming that I was going to be. I saw that these uh, trailers and uh, and I was like, oh, this looks really good actually, and some of the special effects look quite interesting. But also, they, they look like they're adding a few things in that I just wasn't expecting. Um, some extra kind of creatures from the under underworld, underground, hmm. and and um, some you know John C. Riley with some comic relief, which I, I think this is going to be a a really good movie. Yeah, actually. It's got
1: a stellar cast. Yeah, it really does. Samuel Tom Jackson, Br- yes. Brie uh, Larson, Miss Marvel. Yeah, um, yeah, it's gonna be. Very much a star-studded movie. Yeah,
0: and I'm actually going to um, <clears throat> kind of say something from our movie draft we had with the, the one-up multiplayer. If you haven't checked that one out, please do. Yeah. Uh, but I, I picked Thor, um, mm. the, the next Thor Ragnarok movie. And um, I did so because I was thinking, oh, Tommy Hiddleston's got uh, Skull Island coming out and, and I'd heard a little bit then I, I was like oh the cast looks really good this could be a really good film uh, and I picked Thor because I thought oh well, maybe after that Tommy Hiddleston could have a, a stellar year yeah. and that, that could really get some interest in on, on Thor I kind of wish I'd just gone with Skull Island now because I think this movie's just going to be better
1: It'll be yeah. very interesting to see how well it does because we know it's connected to the Godzilla universe, that they're kind of building up to King Kong versus Godzilla, which is partly why King Kong is absolutely gigantic in yeah. this movie. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether they hint at that, that at all or if it's presented as a standalone movie. I do like that it looks like they're not just retelling the King Kong story, but they're using that world, that Skull Island King Kong himself, and telling a new story about yeah. it. So it's not just capture him, taking him to New York, he climbs a building, he... Yeah, has a girl that he likes kind of thing but they're telling a new story within that world which is a nice change of pace yeah it is
0: I, yeah. I really like that because I don't think I could go and watch another movie where King Kong climbs a, a skyscraper it, yeah. it's great it's iconic and we've seen it uh, and I'm really glad that it looks like we're getting a different story. And um, yeah, King Kong in a different context. Mm. Um, I mean, this isn't a new context, to be To be fair. Skull yeah. Island uh, has been made before. It has been explored before. But uh, yeah, we haven't seen this for, for decades. And, uh, and I think this movie is going to do really, really well.
1: Very curious to see how it compares to the Peter Jackson one from a while back now. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was good. Is that but... like 03 or something like that? Yeah, off the top of my head, you could yeah, be close there. I th- I think it so. was while Jack Black was still a thing, so you've gone back a while. Wow, yeah. that was, was that a sneaky
0: little jab at Jack Black?
1: Uh, I liked
0: him. Yeah. Liked? Jack Black is a god. <laughs> I'm I'm not
1: following your religion man
0: Um,
1: (laughs) and and moving from big apes to small apes uh, my third most excited movie for the year is War for the Planet of the Apes now I if you'd asked me this a few years ago like a few years ago admittedly gotta go back probably three years I would have been laughing because I'd never watched the Planet of the Apes movie. I didn't watch the uh, old, old ones. I didn't watch the 2001 version uh, from Tim Burton. They looked stupid to me. I thought the concept was dumb. And when Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out a while back um, with James Franco, I just ignored it. Planet of the Apes, the trailers came out and I ended up watching that for some reason. I was like, oh. This actually looks kind of cool. So I watched Rise for Planet of the Apes, I really liked it. Watched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I loved it. And so now coming into war for the Planet of the Apes, and I'm impressed I can say this right, because when I went to the cinemas, I mixed them up way back when. This looks fantastic. Uh, Caesar is one of the best characters in movies right now, and he's not even a real person. Uh, what Andy Serkis has done with this character, both visually in the motion capture work that he does, and also just in the voice acting, is fantastic, it's incredible. And the world that they've built is incredibly fascinating. Uh, the trailer looked really good. Uh, Woody Harrelson's speech looked a little cliché, kind yeah. of corny. Uh, but I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt because we've had two utterly fantastic movies in this franchise. And even if that bit's a bit corny, we have apes on the back of horses with guns again. And yeah, that, you know, If I can sum up movie-making magic, that is that right there. Yeah, Um, I have seen
0: the original. I did watch that and um, the sequel to that as well. Mm. But uh, I did not watch Tim Burton's uh, that. Yeah, that looked ridiculous to me. Yeah, Uh, and and I felt like at that time, if you were going to be remaking, uh, it it needed to be looking a little bit more impressive. Mm. And that didn't look more impressive. And one of the things of the original Planet of the Apes was that was quite uh, quite advanced for that Mm. for when it was made, and it was incredible. Uh, And then they just kind of made that movie again. With Tim Burton, which I did but uh, and then and then I felt like they did what I wanted to be done with this kind of franchise with uh, with James Franco and, and Caesar and whatnot. Um, I I've been enjoying this this franchise, and I, I agree. This yeah. is a this is one to look out for, one to be excited for. Uh, I think they're gonna do do some wonderful things with this one and when
1: we're talking about Most Excited I think why this is on the list is because I'm expecting it to be good yeah there's a lot of movies coming out next year where I'm hoping to be good we're going to talk about a few of those in a minute Uh, but when we're talking about Most Excited we're sort of expecting a certain level of uh, brilliance and this movie has that kind of semi-guarantee for me I think
0: yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's why it's in a list with things like Star Wars mm. um, and, and Wonder Woman, which we, you know, we know they've got the production value behind them and they're going to be uh, yes. some, some good films.
1: So they're the ones we're most excited yeah. for. Um, we're now going to move into the ones we're most hopeful for. Now, what separates these two is expectations. Uh, we're expecting those the ones we've just talked about to be really good. These ones could be hit or miss. We're going in hoping desperately that these succeed for one reason or another. But we'd be lying if we didn't admit we're a little bit anxious about it. Oh, big time. Yeah. So do you want to kick us off with one of your most hopefuls?
0: Well, I I want to kick us off with one of both of our most hopefuls. Yes. Because I feel like we need to start off with this one. This is one that you and I have spoken about so much. Uh, off mic uh, just in casual casual conversation and
1: then you get to listen in on our inane ranting and yeah
0: we'll, we'll try and keep it to a to a minimal mm. some understandable uh, level Ghost in the Shell is the one that we are both really excited and kind of wary of next year oh boy oh boy um, the first thing that I do need to say is we have approached this in a very different manner mm. uh, so Quite simply, I haven't watched any of the trailers uh, and for this very reason that it's in this category for me uh, I am super hopeful that this movie does well and I really want it to Uh, And I don't want to do what I did with Suicide Squad and I watched all of the trailers and I got in there And there wasn't a lot of new content and I was quite disappointed Uh, I'm really hoping that I can go in there and just be Wowed by everything because yeah. this is the kind of film that can visually be spectacular. And if I haven't seen the trailers, I'm not going to know any of those little things that are going to happen, and mm-hmm. it's going to hopefully wow me in the cinema. Yeah. Um, that's my kind of approach, and yeah. what I'm hoping to do. So
1: Jared's going in blind, and I've made up for his blindness by watching the trailer, probably more than I've watched any other trailer <laughs> before. And there's a very simple reason for that. Before the trailer came out, I was like. This could be really good or it could be disastrous. I watched the trailer the first time and I finished watching the trailer and I'm like, I still don't know what to expect. And I've been watching it over and over and again, trying to work out whether this is going to be good or not. Because there's scenes in the trailer where I'm like, that looks really cool, it's faithful to the comics but it's still doing its own thing. And it looks like it's gonna be excellent. And then I see something else and I'm like, oh, that's either going to be bait for people to say why it's bad or it's just not going to work at all. And I'm talking visually, I'm talking story-wise, I'm talking casting-wise. Just across the board, I've never been more confused about the potential quality of a movie than I have with Ghost in the Shell. And if I could pick any movie from 2017 to watch right now, I would pick this one, not episode eight, not Wonder Woman, not any other movie. I'd pick Ghost in the Shell just to put my mind at ease, to answer this question once and for all, am I going to be happy with Ghost in the Shell or am I going to be crying in my bed that night?
0: No, I understand that. I mean, it's a very niche market as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a massive anime uh, and so it does have a very strong following. Uh, but anime isn't mainstream It's a niche media. genre. It is. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's very highly respected within people... Uh, sorry, within the the masses of people mm. that do like anime. Within those communities, Ghost in the Shell is very highly it's respected. It's one of respected anime. If yeah, we're talking
1: definitely. about anime, Ghost in the Shell will be Even one of you've mm. got...
0: They, it, definitely Ghost in the Shell is, is going to be up there. And, and as a result, if it does poorly... It's gonna hurt me. It's gonna hurt me so much because this movie, uh, this franchise, sorry, means so much to me. Mm. Um, that I'm, yeah, I'm really hoping that they they do this well. And if they do, it's gonna be so enjoyable. Yeah. And is going to open up this genre of t- turning animes into live action uh, western films. And I, and I think we do need to kind of uh, mention that as well. That this is it whitewashed. It uh, it is a western film. Yeah. For for certain, um, and try to introduce this. But there are so many other animators at the top of my head I start to think could do so well with live-action adaptations. Uh, Death Note has had one, and Mm -hmm. that was done um, with the Japanese. And, And they've got a sequel. I thought they were done very well. I really enjoyed those. But those were niche... Uh, films. This is attempting to be more of a mainstream film, yeah. um, which is where I see it could fall on its on its face or it could soar. Um, it's
1: going with the same approach a lot of the video game movies we've seen in recent yeah. years, where it's trying to break the barrier that's kind of there. Like We're not expecting anime to necessarily transcend into a live-action world and make sense, much in the same way a lot of the video game movies haven't really done that either. So it will be interesting to see whether they can pull that off. Yeah, and there's
0: definitely a lot of films that that I could see this working for. Mm. Um, Psychopaths is one that I would love to see,
1: which Absolutely. is very similar stylistically in yeah. some ways to Ghost in the Shell. Definitely, Show. that's kind of
0: why uh, I think I thought of it. Um, and things like uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion would work so well but we've already seen it in things like Pacific Rim um, you know we've already kind of got those big mechs so it would need to be something quite stand out on its own merits story wise because it wouldn't be bringing anything that new visually um, because yeah, we've had similar things but uh, yeah I, I could see this movie doing so well and I hope it does
1: yeah my, I if, if any of you have read my most recent one up culture article um, doing predictions for 2017 in movies I actually have predicted that this flops. Yeah, it it pains me to say it. And part of it is because of the unknown quality to it. Uh, My concern is the whitewashing, which I'm not against Scarlett Johansson playing the major. Um, And I do think a lot of people's comments of the major in the anime looking rather white in her... characteristics, and the fact that she's playing a cyborg who is, you you can customise that to look any way you want, so she can look however she needs to look. It doesn't necessarily matter, but I do suspect that the whitewashing issue is going to come up again a lot closer to the release date, and we're going to see a similar situation to what happened with the Ghostbusters movie this year, where all of the controversy and online mocking and sort of just hate I think is going to come back and bite this in the butt. Because Ghostbusters 2016 only did like $230 million at the box office. We're talking Ghostbusters, one of the most beloved 80s franchises. Couldn't even crack $300 million. Yeah. And my concern is that that kind of thing is going to come back and also affect Ghost in the Shell. And we saw Scarlett Johansson bring Lucy, which is an action movie with no kind of background, for about $450 million at the box yeah, office. Yeah,
0: I was just about to mention that. Which is
1: impressive, especially considering Lucy sucked. Like it was a horror. It was bad script. It was filmed badly. I was very disappointed leaving that movie. But the fact that she was able to carry that more or less on her own does give credence to Ghost Shell perhaps succeeding and at least doing decent numbers and giving it the chance to do well. If it can draw people into the movie uh, in that opening week and get positive buzz, has a chance of succeeding. But if people don't go in, uh, it's going to really struggle to pick up enough to qualify this franchise doing well.
0: I think that wraps that one up. We should move on to our next one. Yeah,
1: uh, we can do a whole We episode, really could. Um, so, yeah, do you want to give us the next one on your list? Yeah, well, what I'll do is I'll pick um, Justice League. Yeah. Because this is another one that we both have on our most hopeful for. You can probably guess why, being the DC fanboys we are. We talked about how Wonder Woman needs to succeed, and I agree. Uh, but even if Wonder Woman succeeds, if Justice League fails, it could kill the DCEU because this is going to be the springboard for pretty much the entire yep. uh dc eu from here on and if this one fails i think people are just not going to have faith in dc to put out enough quality content
0: yeah no definitely and and i think uh that yeah this it, it's starting stories for so many of these uh superheroes but it is it is this is the foundation hmm. of their universe going forward uh and and i'm so many things I'm so excited for in this film. One of which, uh, and and this has got to be for you as well, Aquaman. Yeah, his look, his characterization in this, uh, being more of a tribal leader than the clean cut blonde kind of Boy scouty look yeah. that he had uh, in the Super Friends and, and much earlier on in the comic. Mm. Now, I understand it is very different from the comics, uh, and I've spoken to you being a massive Aquaman fan, and I know that you do actually like this change, but I I could I can't really see anyone disliking this. I, I think it's just a positive change. I can easily.
1: see why purists maybe yeah. would be disappointed they're not getting the Aquaman, the upper character that they really know. The, one of the main reasons I don't mind this is because you look visually, this is going to really separate him from the rest of the group, because if we got that sort of uh, classic look, we'd kind of just be getting kind of like a Chris Evans Captain America in orange, yeah. and that wouldn't really be all that diverse from Henry Cavill's Superman, outside of the colour of his hair and the colour of his uh, top. Whereas this way, you look at every uh, Justice League member that's going to be in this movie, everyone has a very distinctive look that if you put them in a silhouette kind of form, you'd be able to pick them straight away. And this warrior tribal kind of version of Aquaman, I think is going to translate really well to that. And it does obviously mean that we're going to get a bit more of a sort of tougher, you know, no jokes kind of Aquaman. uh, Definitely trying to contrast the family guy, the super friends kind of mockery that we've had over the years. I'm okay with it. I think they will do it justice. Again, if, if you look at my uh, justice, if you look at my 2017 prediction article that I did, I actually picked him to be a breakout character in this movie.
0: Yeah, I think he will be uh, definitely, and and we've seen kind of a, a change in perception on Aquaman lately um, amongst comic book yeah. uh, fans. Uh, because of the new Fifty Two, uh, the first episode of was the first episode, the first uh, issue. issue of that uh, really started by trying to put to bed a lot of those jokes. Mm. Uh, you know, he walks into a fish and chip shop and he says, "You yeah, I would like to order some fish." And people are like, "What the hell? Those are your friends?" You know, you talk to them. He goes, "I don't talk to them. You know, they're very simple minded. They don't answer me. Yeah. I just tell them what I want them to do, and they do it because I am the Lord of the Seas." Yeah. Um, and you know, he. So he saves some people from uh, from robbers, and now the cops are like, oh, we can't tell them that Aquaman saved us. You know that this is ridiculous, and he's so powerful mm. in strength and you know, speed, and, and swimming and breathing underwater, and his communication. He has so many incredible abilities. But yeah, he he was getting mocked for so long, and uh, and I'm really glad to see that that changing, uh, and. Uh, also kinda of wanna move from your favourite character to one that I am really excited about. Just, just quickly slash. before oh, one yeah.
1: one final thing on Aquaman and I think is important to seeing where he's gonna be going with this movie, is Jeff Johns is now heavily involved with the DCEU EU and its production. Yes. Now Jeff Johns was the man behind Aquaman U fifty two, yeah. which is again why I think it's going to get a lot of success here, because he is it's kind of a pet character for him. So I definitely think that's going to help. Now moving on. Yeah, to... no, sorry, that was yeah. a
0: very good point. I'm glad you you put that in there because uh, yeah, Jaf Johns is very important on this transformation of Aquaman. Um, I, I was just going to mention going from your favourite character mm. to uh, the Flash. Mine, my yeah. favourite uh, uh, Justice League member, which some of you may you know be a little bit surprised to find out you know that it's not Batman. It's not from the the Bat universe. Uh, and no, it's the Flash. Mm-hmm. I, I really associate with the Flash's uh, humour his smart arsy comments his kind food of,
1: consumption
0: his food consu- i'm pretty much the flash just not as cool fast or with a girlfriend anyway um i'm i'm done crying now um uh, but no i i just love the flash and i think uh, you need someone like this in uh the justice league for this movie to work mm. that comedic relief who can also be taken seriously So you've got a group here that uh, they're supposed to all be super powerful in their own right. And for this to be an interesting movie, uh, they need to obviously be facing some kind of peril. And there needs to be some kind of comedic relief. It can't be all serious because it'll just drag down the movie. Mm. Um, We've got characters like Batman... And Superman. Now Superman doesn't make a lot of jokes. He's very clean cut, very straightforward. Batman does not do jokes. No. Batman is very, very straight guard and serious. We're um, getting
1: serious uh, Aquaman here as well. Yeah. We're getting Cyborg who no one cares about. Yeah.
0: Um, Martian Manhunter can, but his jokes are more... Uh, not knowing how things work, mm. and it's not kind of interesting. interesting. And yeah, we're not even going to get. Yeah. But I, I did want to mention. I hope that well, we do get some kind of reference to the Martian mm. to, to uh, They'd be the stupid giants.
1: not to be building towards. I definitely
0: feel character. like they would, uh, especially with the powers that that is mm. going to be such a you can do anything. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's why I think Flash is going to be a very important member in this one. Mm. Um. I mean, even even Wonder Woman as well, being a, the female Superman, really. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we, we need someone like the Flash and his uh, his humor, which we didn't get in BBS, mm. um, which I think really could have helped that movie because it, it did get very serious and very full on. The horror. comic relief was Lex Luthor. Yeah, and Eesh. that, yeah, people had some serious issues with that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the inclusion of, of Flash actually as being a prominent member of this, this movie is going to help it uh, in entertainment value and people getting through it. And what we've
1: seen of Ezra Miller as uh, Barry Allen, it looks pretty good. Like yeah. I, I'm liking his performances so far and what little we've seen. So hopefully it translates. This this movie could succeed and we'll be all rejoicing or it could fail and the DCEU dies. Yeah, that, that's why
0: it's in our, both of our most hopeful. Mm. We really hope this works because there's so much writing on it and... And on that note, uh, I felt like Wonder Woman has the same kind of uh, issue. I just kind of want to make a note as to why that yeah. was uh, excited for me and not hopeful because I mean, I do hope that Wonder Woman is does well. Mm. Uh, it does have a lot riding on it and a lot riding on it for the same reasons Justice League does. But I, I just, I don't, think it's going to do poorly from what I've seen.
1: And it's far easier to do a solo film than a group film. Yeah. There's a lot lot more that can go wrong here. Yeah, because they're trying to juggle so many characters, and a lot of who haven't really been introduced, unlike the Marvel Avengers movies. And here's the thing, I'm not that enamoured with the Avengers movies, and part of it is because they're trying to juggle so many characters, and that's why I'm also worried for Justice League, because they're trying to juggle so many characters that they also have to introduce one Woman, they just have to really introduce her and her supporting cast, but here they've got to give equal time to all these characters, or you're going to get people like me chucking a hissy fit because Aquaman only got 40 minutes of screen time.
0: Yep, that is that is it. It's all right, I've got a hissy fit coming up on my next pick. So, oh, well, do you want so to take right. that uh, hissy
1: fit into this one? Then?
0: Well, it's not a hissy fit. It's a, it's another possible, uh, and, and this one's on my most hopeful list because... I really want it to do well mm. because of my childhood because of the children your
1: childhood's at uh, sake
0: uh, Power Rangers mm. this one I wanted to succeed so much I was a massive Power Rangers fan as a kid um, and by kid I mean now. up to two years ago to now yeah. I'm so excited for Power Rangers though uh, and there are a few things from the trailers that are kind of making me a little wary of it because um, it looks
1: like Fantastic Four
0: a little bit A li- little bit of that A uh, little bit of the Iron Man suits mm. I-, I really want this to be its own thing Because it is yeah. uh, the-, the Power Rangers The whole um, Kamen Rider uh, That whole uh, Sentai thing is its own genre mm. uh, that had Power Rangers is that genre that came to America yeah. basically, uh, and so I wanted to kind of retain what I loved about it, which was its uniqueness mm. uh, that it wasn't trying to be anything else. It was you know, and 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 there are a lot of things that can be drawn back to uh, these, you know, Power Rangers and, and those earlier series in in Japan and you know the uh, the colors and the having individual members and their different powers. Uh, I am just a little wary on on some of the, like the super strength and things that we've seen. Um, we haven't seen a Zord or anything. I'm not sure at what point of, of Power Rangers this is. I mean, I I feel like this they're trying to represent the original five, mm. but I'm not getting that in any of the trailers yet. Uh, so I, I'm really wary as to whether or not this is going to work, and I really hope it does. Uh, not because there's a lot riding on it, because there isn't. If this movie fails, then it's one movie that failed and there's n- nothing else. Uh, if this movie does super well, we might get a, a sequel, but there's nothing riding on this. Uh, this nothing common writing on this. Nothing common riding on this. Uh, this is just a personal uh, one that I yeah. really want to see it work. The same as a Captain Planet movie. I would want to see that work mm. um, because of childhood. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this one's on my list.
1: We, we both grew up very much in the 90s, and I think Power Rangers is kind of one of those definitive 90s products because it didn't come from the 80s. Like Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Like they were pr- predominantly 80s products that were yeah. still popular through the 90s. It was really Power Rangers became popular in the 90s. And, and
0: dominated dom- the 90s with, yeah.
1: with movies
0: as well. There were there were Power Ranger mm. movies, uh, and the first of which did quite well at the cinema. Yeah. So, I mean, this is an un, unexplored territory mm. for them, uh, and they're just kind of coming back to it with some new um, special effects and stuff. And to be honest, uh, and I don't know if it's just because I was young, but I've watched it since uh, the very first, the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger movie, um, and they introduced like Ivan Ooze and stuff. and. I still feel like he is a villain as a movie villain he still stands up uh, and and this one they've they've gone with Rita Repulsa who yeah. is already such a uh, predominant villain throughout the the series and and I like her look as well mm. um and the casting I mean I, I think Elizabeth Banks will do very well at that so uh and, and that's the only big name that we've got um yeah. which is something they could have done they could have gotten a heap of named actors to play each of the Power Rangers and 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 you know, people would have accepted it because it's a big name. They thing. haven't
1: gone overboard. And I kind of like happen.
0: that. Yeah, yeah. that. Uh, yeah, it's not about the the star power of yeah. this film. Um, and I, yeah, I'm just hoping it can you can hold up on yeah. its merits of what it is.
1: Yeah, I'm, I I like Power Rangers as a kid. Like there's pictures of me as the Red Power Ranger um, yeah. when I was a little Tucker. I'm not. As you were ex- never a little Tucker. <laughs> I'm not as excited for this movie as you. Yeah. Um, I still really want it to do well. Uh, But it hasn't followed me from being a little kid to an adult quite in the same way it has for you. Um, So I don't have quite that same connection. But I really want it to do well because if it does well, we're going to get more of these 90s products, you know, raising their heads. And you were talking about anime that could be a movie and talking about 90s. I'd really like to see Sailor Moon get a... Hollywood release. I oh, there's like so that, many. That could be could, a really interesting combination of the two.
0: It could. Uh, it, that had to be very careful how they handled it, though. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but I, I think yeah, that, that could definitely mm. that could be a good one. I mean, I mentioned uh, Captain Planet. I could I could definitely see that yeah. working well um, with effects and things we've got now. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's wouldn't that be that difficult? You have one character mm. that needs to be CGI. Yeah. Um, the rest of them just have the rings. I mean, there's lots of properties that can be done. I mean, Street I think, sharks. Wow, how did you read my mind? I was actually going to go to Street Sharks, uh, which I just love that we both remember Street Sharks. Uh, You're not. Yeah, I mean, it was Biker of Mice from Mars as well. That was, <laughs> that was fun. But uh, let, let's not get all reminiscent here. Yeah, uh, we're got we're got looking forward. Hopeful. Yes, we're looking we've got forward one more hopeful here. So. Movie.
1: And this one, I'm not as concerned about, especially after seeing the teaser trailer that came out. Uh, about a week ago. Uh, This movie is Blade Runner 2049, which, of course, is the next movie after the original Blade Runner that came out all those years ago, which more or less defined the look of cyberpunk when we're talking basically in movies. So much can be traced back to William Gibson's Neuromancer as far as novels and storytelling. This so much can be based on the visual aesthetic of Blade Runner. And looking at the trailer we've seen for 2049, we don't get a lot. Uh, but it does feel like they're very much keeping in line with the feel of the original. You've got Ryan Gosling, you've got Harrison Ford coming back, Ridley Scott was involved in the writing. You've got uh, Dennis Villeneuve, who is a fantastic director in so many movies he's done. He's a very reliable director. So this could very easily be my most excited. But whenever you're dealing with a franchise that's been gone for so long and sort of just pops its head back up out of nowhere... There's always a bit of trepidation.
0: Zoolander.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Case in point. I feel like Blade Runner twenty fourteen nine can be really good, but it could very easily feel like an utter waste of time and unnecessary.
0: This movie, I was so excited for when I heard it was coming out mm. and I saw who was who was in it. Um, I saw the kind of some stuff from it and was like, I'm a little that I'm a little bit wary of it now. Yeah. Um, and and more so because I don't want them to ruin that. Mm. Uh, like I said, if If the Power Rangers movie sucks, there's nothing really relying on I mean, it's the kind of the same thing here. If this sucks then then this movie sucks and and yeah, everyone is just like, oh no, yeah, go watch Mm. the original. But I don't want it to suck because of what it is. It uh, and and I think there's more relying on this because I mean Power Rangers if the movie sucks, you've still got the body of work in their television series Mm. and their previous thing. Um, if the sequel to Blade Runner sucks that's 50% of the Blade Runner yeah. franchise that now sucks. Arguably
1: more than 50%, because a lot of people didn't like Blade Runner until the director's cut. Yeah, that's true. they explained that a lot a of things and thing. took it in a different route. Be- became less kind of happy ending Hollywood style and fit the tone a lot better. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with this. Um, there's a reason why two of my three most hopefuls are cyberpunk kind of related works. I love the feel and style yep. of it. And if both of these movies do well... We could be sitting on a new subgenre that really dominates the cinema in the next five years and I will be all on board that.
0: As will I, mm. which is yeah, While well, I um I hear I had those those exact same two, except yeah, Blade Runner had uh, I've got Power Rangers there as yeah, well, which I fully understand. Pretty excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a few movies that we're, we're interested for. Yeah. Um, we've kind of got, I guess these are kind of honourable mentions in a way. A uh, so few, you, you know, you've got a few more than me. So do yeah. you want the, to? These
1: what we kind of called this category was the low key excited or interested, and these are movies that aren't necessarily like the big budget sequels. That like pretty much all of the movies we listed. In fact, all of the movies we listed are sequels or adaptations of previous properties. In some way or another, they're all that way. Uh, Some of these sort of low-key ones that I've got and also the ones that you have, they're all kind of original properties and we're excited for them because of the people involved, all the story that's coming through. So the first one I'm really excited for, it's technically come out, like it's appeared in some of the film festivals, but it's not getting a widespread release until about March. And it's called Free Fire. Now, this movie has Gryll Larson, Shalto Copley, uh, Cillian Murphy, and Arnie Hammer. And it's also directed by Ben Wheatley. And basically, the premise of this movie is a sort of a a gun trade deal gone wrong. And it just basically it's a 90 minute Mexican standoff, which sounds fantastic. It's not an overly complicated story plot, but what they can do with this kind of concept. Uh, It looks incredibly funny. Uh, It looks violent, but it looks action-packed, even though it's all based in this one area. This could be one of those movies that people don't really realise is out and gets really popular by word of mouth because of how much fun it is. Uh, and that's why I kind of want to get on board with this early uh, because I think this is going to be one of the movies I go to and come out saying it was exactly what I wanted. Yeah, nothing yeah. more, nothing less.
0: I, I could definitely see that. And like you said, this is a great premise. Mm. Uh, and th- they could take it in so many different ways uh, from from that. I mean, you know, so many things can happen. Uh, I have gained quite a lot of faith in Brie Larson mm. and her performances. Uh, so She's an Oscar this winner. is true so I uh, yeah I will definitely be in the cinema watching yeah. that one with you I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this one as well mm. um, and, and that's the thing I, looking over next year I, I just hadn't seen many sequels uh, uh, sorry I hadn't seen many things that weren't sequels yeah. pretty much everything is part of an existing franchise and uh, that was actually yeah, the, the next one I've got was, uh, was Dunkirk mm. um, which I when we did our movie draft um, and props out to Dylan Arnold he got it um, picked it
1: second round yeah he, yeah. he picked it up the, the fifth pick of the uh, draft was so, yeah, Dunkirk this,
0: this was it did very well in our little uh, draft amongst our friends here but uh, yeah it, it's probably the solo property original property that is going to do the best mm. next year um now i i did want to mention john wick in here as well too i think that's going to do really well yeah but it has john wick behind it the mm. first one uh, it does have that popularity whereas dunkirk doesn't this is a completely original uh, property of which i've understand little little bits of yeah. and uh I'm excited I'm, I'm really interested in this one um,
1: we know you're a One Direction you're excited for Harry Styles
0: I am so excited for Harry Styles cameo um, that is go- that's going to get a lot of a uh, lot of people in cinema mm. as well Um, as much as we can make jokes about it, because it's not our thing. It is some people's thing.
1: And I don't think he'd be stunt cast in this role by Christopher Nolan, unless he's in there for a reason. Yeah, and that
0: was the next bit. Um, mm. We've got Christopher Nolan, who has a body of work which is pretty much flawless. Even Uh,
1: his weakest movies are still ambitious in scope and are worth seeing in cinema, Case in point, Interstellar, um, and just yeah, still better than a lot of people's best work.
0: Yeah, uh, that was yeah. That's where I was gonna I was gonna go with that. He's pr- pretty much flawless. Uh, his films, yeah, even even the weakest ones, they have they have scope, they have ambition, and they have uh, some kind of direction where he was really trying to reach for something uh, and. And I could, I could just, I want to see him flex a little bit of his directing muscle yeah. on this one. Uh, because, yeah, I, I'm really excited for this.
1: And a lot of those kind of World War II movies do work really well with a good director. Mm. Um, like Mel Gibson it's showed vital. that with Hacksaw Reach. And I think Christopher Nolan's going to show this with Dunkirk. And I think it's going to be one of those movies that people are talking about as their movie of the year.
0: Yeah, well, any war films that I, I really think of that did well, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Platoon, Saving uh, Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan for sure. Uh, they had that fantastic director mm. um, direction on them, uh, and and I'm just thinking back on them in each of those films. Just saying them, there was a scene that would just pop into my head, and I would think of that. Uh, you know, from from that scene, they each had excellent cinematography. They yeah. each had that direction, and I think Christopher Nolan is a director I can put my faith in for one of these kind of films. So that's why that one's on my... Definitely. um, Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Speaking of fantastic directors that you kind of would go to a movie purely because his name's on there. Uh, My next pick is Mute, which if you've not heard of, um, that's understandable because it have not really been announced all that much. It's not actually going to be coming out in cinemas as far as I know. This is going to be a Netflix original movie. Um, which was part of the reason why I didn't pick it in my movie draft is because it's just not going to get the traction it could. Yeah. Uh, but this is done by Duncan Jones, who his last work was Warcraft, which kind of did get mixed reviews, but he's two movies before then, which was Source Code and Moon, which are both brilliant movies. They do so much with the genre they're working with. Moon is one of my favorite movies of all time. And what he achieved with a small budget, pretty much one actor and just a good idea is phenomenal. And Mute is designed to be the spiritual successor for Moon. So how there was talks that we might have got a sequel to Moon back on Earth, uh, this is kind of where that's going. And it's all about a bartender, basically, who can't speak, who goes missing. And they're trying to work out what's going on. It's due out in October next year. There's not a lot to sort of build off of, but it's Duncan Jones. And I have a lot of faith in him working with his own property. And I think he's going to make this such a must-watch movie. And, yeah, Netflix original, so get on that. You don't even have to leave your couch to see this fantastic movie next year. Yeah,
0: I hadn't actually heard of that one, and mm. uh, I have Netflix, so I will definitely be checking that one out when it comes out uh, in October, you said. Yeah. Um, And yeah, that was quite a nice little review, actually. You got me interested, (laughs) I I will be checking that one out. I've actually just, um, I'm about to write down a little note to myself to uh, watch Mute when it comes out.
1: And speaking of good directors, we're on a bit of a roll here. Another director who I absolutely love and is so unique in his style and visual take, That I think, again, this movie doesn't have a lot announced for it, but it's worth seeing purely on the name. It's Baby Driver, and the director in point is Edgar Wright. Now, if we're talking about directors who I love, he is the man behind, uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, uh...
0: All those Nick At Frost, World's Simon end, Pegg movies. The World's End? Yeah.
1: The, the, not the one that isn't Pirates of the Caribbean. Sorry, I always get those confused. Um, the, the Cornetto trip. I actually tri-
0: got used to get it uh, confused with This is the End. The, oh, um, yeah, that's actually the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: no. Um, so those three movies... Uh, he was involved with Ant-Man until he left for Creative Differences, which is why he's doing his own thing yeah. now. Um, And you kind of saw where he was going with that. And perhaps even more importantly for me, he's the man behind Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Now I'll admit that's not the best movie he's done, but I love that movie. Um, We're getting him with Baby Driver, which is gonna have Jamie Foxx, John Hammond, and Kevin Spacey in it. His style is so unique and so fun. This is going to be one of those movies that you just have to see. Yeah, no, this is going to be a good one,
0: definitely. Yeah. And, and with a cast like that, I mean, you've got the experience. Um, uh, John Hamm has been popping up everywhere for mm. me lately, and, and I have not seen a performance I haven't enjoyed for quite a while. So, um, I'm yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one as well.
1: I only found out about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> it um, just sort of popped up out of nowhere for me, because I was thinking, Edgar Wright, he must be due for a new movie. Oh, coming out next year. Wonderful. i getting on that hype train. And my final low-key excited... Sorry, I, I yeah, got no, a lot right. of, lot of low-key go. ones I really like. That's him. all good. Um, again, this one kind of came a little bit out of nowhere, but it's the way of J.J. Abrams. His new Cloverfield movie, uh, part of the anthology series, which was originally known as God Particle. Now, again, very much like uh, what happened with 10 Cloverfield Lane, this was a movie that was kind of getting built, kind of didn't have a lot of hype behind it, and it got announced later that it had been turned into a Cloverfield anthology film. And the fact that J.J. Abrams is doing another Cloverfield anthology uh, piece is why I'm excited for this. Uh, It's basically going to be the Cloverfield anthology, but set in a space situation where they're up in space and the Earth disappears. It just (laughs) gone and that's going to be the basic premise behind this movie which I think is going to be fascinating to see how it worked wow and how yes. they deal with it um, and it's got Chris O'Dowd from the IT crowd, oh. which, if there's any other reason to see Cloverfield Anthology film, it's Chris O'Dowd, because uh, I really want to see him continue to do well and sort of get his name out there a bit more, because he's popped up here and there mm. outside of the IT crowd, but this, with the Cloverfield name behind it, this could be a really good opportunity.
0: Yeah, this is one I, I need to get into, this, the Cloverfield Anthology. Yeah, we talked about
1: this in uh, 2016.
0: Yeah, yeah, unfortunately I had uh, yeah heard... Good things about Cloverfield when it was about to come out came out. People said it was bad, and then people said the next one was going to be bad, and then it was good. I I am just confused by this point. Um, but I I've heard enough that I think I, I want to watch this uh, this anthology now. So mm. I will have watched the first two by the time this one comes out.
1: And the good thing is, even if you haven't, like if it's anything like Ten Cloverfield Lane, you can go in with no knowledge of what yeah, the original Cloverfield was. And it's more just, it's kind of like a Twilight Zone kind of concept where all these things are interconnected by the, the overarching concept without necessarily being directly correlated with one another. Which is a really good idea because it means you can do these movies, these original concepts with a name backing like Cloverfield and Bad Robot with J.J. Abrams, but at the same time you're not restrained to doing sequels and movies that are set in the same universe where you've got to hint to this and do that to make it all relevant. You can just tell these movies in their own with the overarching concept of things are about to get weird and that's going to bring people in because it's got the Cloverfield backing especially if it's as good as 10 Cloverfield Lane yeah so I mean they're just some of the movies that are coming out next year and we've listed quite a few movies there we've really only scratched the surface like just a couple other movies like we're talking about the 2017 movie draft we did on 1UP Culture the 1UP Multiplayer series some of the movies that we listed there that you are know, expecting to do well that we didn't mention now was Kingsman Two, oh, yeah. Beauty and the Beast, which I predicted to do a billion dollars in my uh, article this week. Pirates of the Caribbean Five, Transformers Five, Thor Ragnarok, Fast, uh, The Fate of the Furious, Spider-Man: Homecoming, The Lego Batman Movie. Um, we also had John Wick Two, which you mentioned briefly, which I think still counts as low key. Because it a very small release when it first came out. Yeah, that's people why I mentioned it. I think it really does. didn't really know much about it, and it sort of got its name because it was damn good. Yeah. And it's a return to form for Keanu Reeves. So it's still low-key, I think. Like, people are going to really start hyping it up around February 10 when it comes out because I think people are want, going to want to be able to say, I was talking about John Wick before it really exploded. Yeah. So it's got a lot of things. We've also got Alien Covenant coming out next year, which... If they do a really good alien movie, it's going to be returned to the form for the franchise.
0: Yeah, I mean that one could quite easily have gone hmm. into uh, hopeful, like yeah. ho- hoping that works well. Yeah. The uh,
1: trailer looks good. I, yeah. I, I thought the trailer looked good. It came out on Christmas Day, which was a very interesting.
0: No, I haven't seen the trailer. Yeah, a
1: very interesting Christmas present. And I'm also kind of interested in the Great Wall. Uh, which comes out uh, mid-February. Uh, it's going to have Matt Damon in it. And it's kind of a, the first experimentation, big-time experimentation with kind of a mixed uh, American and Chinese production. So they're trying to appeal to both audiences here. And if this does well, it's going to change the face of cinema in a lot of ways because it's going to open up a lot of doors into how we produce movies and how we market movies. Yeah, Matt Damon's the lead in a predominantly Chinese movie about literally one of the key Chinese sort of yeah. symbols the Great Wall of China
0: this would do better for China than uh, Transformers yeah <laughs> that <laughs> would do better so. for American uh, and Chinese relations
1: yeah. yeah and this is another movie that could do really well and be really entertaining and exciting or it could utterly flop sure could yeah I don't know what's going to happen with that one but I just don't care as much <laughs> as I did about the most hopeful movies yeah no I'll I'm the exact same potentially here. but I'm not it, there's not much writing on it. Yeah. Um, was there anything, any other movies that sort of come to your mind? That no, you've, no, I think a, we've,
0: we've gone through, you've yeah. gone through our uh, movie draft there, so it was good.
1: Yeah, uh, we've overloaded you with so many movies to keep your eye out for next year.
0: But don't um, worry, you have an entire year to see each and every one of them, yes. so lots um, of time.
1: The cinemas are going to love me. And me. going to be spending so much money. Oh yeah,
0: on. Definitely. Um, and, and it's kind of weird Ever since we started this podcast You and I have started going to movies separately mm. So that we can start talking about them on here uh, You would think that we would end up going to see more movies together We have done the complete opposite yeah. We avoid each other like the plague Now we have to see each other every week
1: That's totally because we want to keep our opinions separate That's totally
0: why we do that Anyway, if you want to find out about 1UP CultureCast Do you want to tell them where to go, Trent?
1: What you need to do is go to Twitter and search at 1UP Culture. You'll find all of the articles, both 1UP Culture, 1UP Culture Cast, and some of the other articles I do for different websites. Uh, also, follow our WordPress page, just Google 1UP uh, Culture, you'll find it. Keep up to date because both 1UP Culture and 1UP Culture Cast will be taking a little bit of a break over the new years. We want to recharge, we want to build up plenty of uh, material to work with you guys because. We don't want to bring you subpar stuff. We don't want to
0: give you material for the sake of bringing material when there's nothing to really talk about. So we will be taking a couple of weeks off. Uh, Please come back to us. We will be uh, sending out some little things on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, all of the social media, let you know when we're coming back, when we have an exact date. Mm -hmm. But uh, until then, we we
1: hope you continue to listen back on our previous content. Yeah, I hope you have a fantastic uh, new year. And I think we can all hope that 2017 is better than 2016, whether you had a good 2016 or not. Thank you for following us over these past this past half year, pretty much we've been doing it. And we'll catch you in 2017. That is game over. And you're Trent. I'm Jareth. Oh, they already know that. We're superstars now. Yeah, cool.